Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. I'm your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Welcome to this USA versus Honduras World Cup qualifying post-game show as the United States once again, once again, at home, finding a way. Finding a way to go out there, get the full three points at home. They get six points in these three qualifiers. And you know what? You got to say this. When their backs are against the wall, and when you're taking on an opponent that you have to beat up, you have to tear down, you have to take them out, USA did so. Honduras already eliminated from World Cup qualification. Really, nothing to play for. And then you go out in the freezing temperatures of Minneapolis-St. Paul at Allianz Field. And the truth of the matter, (coughs) excuse me, the matter is this, is that you know, you didn't really need to freeze up or freeze out Honduras in this one. You could have just gone somewhere a little bit better. You could have gone to Nashville, back to Nashville. You could have gone to our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. You could have gone to Atlanta. You could have gone to Fr- Frisco. You could have gone to Houston. You could have gone to Orlando again, which you're going to be going against there against Panama anyway, but you could have gone to Fort Lauderdale at Dry Pink Stadium. I mean, at least you could have gone to a stadium, either NFL-related, college football-related, or MLS-related, and have the match there. You could have gone to San Antonio. You could have gone to Edinburgh in Texas. You could have gone back to Austin Texas, because Honduras is not the national team they're supposed to. They're just not the the strongest team ever right now. And even though they have strong players, they're not playing like they're a strong team. So I I really just don't understand why you had to put them into a freeze-out situation or to freeze them up, where they actually were fine with, you know, the conditions. But once again, the situation that we have is you want a home field advantage, temperature-wise. And I understand you're trying to minimize the travel going to Canada in the middle game and coming back from Canada. Just, I, I, I just think this was a waste of time. You could have gone 
to PayPal Park in San Jose, California, where at the home of the earthquakes, and you could have had the World Cup qualifier there, and you still would have destroyed Honduras 3-0. You could have gone Dignity Health Sports Park at the home of the Galaxy. You could have gone to the Bank of California, the home of LAFC, and you still would have dominated the situation. But truthfully, it was wonderful to see it happen. The players look great. Not a problem whatsoever this time. But I still have a problem with the decisions of Greg Berhalter. And this team today, tonight, went out and did a job. They shook off their opening half rust started the game rust, went out, and just completely dominated Honduras as they go out and get three goals and put them to the woodshed and smack them around. Opening goal from Weston McKenney in the eighth minute, Walker Zimmerman in the 37th, Christian Pulisic in the 67th, could have had a fourth goal, unfortunately, called offside on the rebound opportunity. But for the U.S. men's national team, the six points at home, it looked really, really good. It was absolutely fantastic when they were in Columbus and in St. Paul. Even though in Columbus they got the points, they got the goal from Anthony Robinson, which I don't have a problem with, obviously. Just, And we all know qualifying is always a grind in World Cup qualifying. We all know this. But the truth is, the truth is, is this, is that this team, still young, Still young. Plenty of talent. Every position available. Every player available in the starting 11 and on the bench. Still a very talented squad. That both, you know, Greg Berhalter and U.S. Soccer should be happy with. Tonight, I am happy to see our kids going out there and playing a dominant performance against the side you should be beating hands down. You should be destroying them hands down. And this is a game that did not cry nor deserve one goal to nil victory. No. Yeah, I had to score at least two or more to put your foot down on the gas, step on their throats, and let them know you will not allow them to beat you tonight. And that's what they did. They went out and did a job, and they completed the task. And that's what you want from your national team. That's what you want from this young U.S. men's national team coming through, 
coming up big, doing the job correctly, and beating their opponents silly. They made excellent runs tonight. The defense was strong. I don't really think Matt Turner had much to do in goal. I don't even remember uh, tweeting his name to make those saves or to make a save. Maybe one or two. But barely. Barely calling his name to just go out and make a huge save to move forward and stopping Honduras. They had nothing, absolutely nothing. And with the win tonight, moves them closer, three points closer for qualification. The big question is, will it come on the road at the Azteca in Mexico City? Or will it be at Explorer Stadium at the Purple Palace on Church Street at the home of Orlando City against Panama? Because the next three games, the last three games of this qualification cycle against Mexico at the Estadio Azteca, home to Panama at Orlando City's Explorer Stadium, and then they got to go to Central America to finish it all off and to end it at the National Stadium in San Jose, Costa Rica against the Ticos. In a stadium where they have historically, or at least in a country historically, the USA have never had a positive result at. I don't even remember them getting a draw in Costa Rica. I've seen them with tons and tons of losses, whether they were at the old Ricardo Saprissa Stadium at the home of Deportivo Saprissa that doubled as the national team stadium, or even at the national team stadium itself in downtown San Jose. Tons and tons of question marks have been removed for now. And an unbeaten streak is on the line at the Estadio Azteca when the United States takes on Mexico down in Mexico City. A win in a friendly and then two consecutive matches that ended in a scoreless draw and a 1-1 draw. So there is still time for this men's national team to pick up points, to be a bit nervy, nervy. But I'm telling you right now, there are plenty of question marks going on. Still some issues here and there. But for now, we can celebrate a victory as the United States defeats Honduras by a final of three goals to nil. The opening goal, once again, scored by Weston McKenney.
One of them, which unfortunately did not get an assist on, which was the Pulisic goal, truthfully, what we have seen is this. Kellen Acosta, for me, for me, if you're looking for man of the match in this one, Kellen Acosta's free kick taking sets up all three goals in this one. The long-distance free kick goal that was headed in by Weston McKenney. The free kick goal that he got, the free kick cross, I should say, the ball was delivered beautifully right at Walker Zimmerman. And when the defender lost his balance, all he had to do was handle it, spin, turnaround shot, bang in the back of the net. And when Kellen Acosta took that corner along the near side, it helped Pepe head that ball towards, uh, towards and across the Honduran area. Then it somehow deflects on Walker Zimmerman, and then all Christian Pulisic had to do didn't have to move. Didn't have to move at all. All he did was just take a shot, took a rip, and buried it. This is where you're seeing players now growing up and having fantastic games coming up big. But they still need more seasoning. Do I think we're going to qualify for the World Cup? There's not a doubt in my mind that I believe we will qualify for the World Cup again. There's no doubt in my mind that I truly believe that the United States men's national team are going to qualify for the World Cup in Qatar. It's going to happen. But what they need to do They need to concentrate better. They need to play their game better. And they have to fix their road form. Because in the final window of World Cup qualifying, two of the three matches will be on the road. And the hope, the hope is that we don't have to worry about that last World Cup qualifier on the road in Costa Rica. The hope is we don't depend on that last World Cup qualifier in Costa Rica because that would be a mistake. And we got to get it taken care of as quickly as possible. And that will mean, that will mean getting a result at the Azteca, getting a result in Orlando against Panama. Because as of right now, Mexico has not done anything good at home. They may have been winning matches. They may have been scoring goals. But the truth is, they have not been convincing enough. They have not been convincing enough with their run of play. 
Canada, however, has been brilliant. Canada has gone out and they have found a way to dominate performances. And even if they allow you to have possession of the ball, Canada will let you have the possession. But what they'll do is they'll block you, whether it be a low block or a high block. It does not matter. They will block you. And they'll prevent you from getting the space you want so badly. So all I can say is is that Canada has deserved being at the top of the octagon table. And they're doing a great job. Let's quickly go to some results right now um, in this one. As we already know, the United States defeated Honduras by a final of three goals to nil. And then in uh, a match earlier, in an earlier time that started, we have Costa Rica defeating Jamaica in Kingston by a final of a goal to nil. That officially eliminates Jamaica from World Cup qualifying. As of right now, we have El Salvador hosting Canada, and that match is scoreless. They are in first half stoppage time right now. You can watch that match on your Paramount Plus app or the Paramount Plus website on your computer. Canada in all red, El Salvador in blue shirt, blue, black shorts, and blue socks. <clears throat> at the Cus Castellan. Fine, now the uh, halftime whistle has been blown down in El Salvador, in San Salvador. And it is a scoreless uh, draw at the moment after the opening 45. So as of right now, Canada and El Salvador over in Cus Castellan, at the Estadio Cus Castellan, the match is at halftime, and it's going on a break. So at the moment, because uh, Mexico will be taking on Panama in this one as well, and that's the final Cation match uh, in this window for the third and final match. That will be played at 10 o'clock Eastern. You'll be able to watch it, uh, both on Paramount Plus or on uh, TUDN USA. Just look up your uh, local uh, TV guides to see what's going, you know, what's going on on the broadcast. But as of right now, once again, they're showing the replays, and once again at the office down in Kingston, Costa Rica gets. The only goal of the match, defeating Jamaica, 1-0. Jonathan David for Canada against El Salvador got plenty of chances to bury the ball into the back of the net. But unfortunately for Canada, they just couldn't convert. The defense and the keeper came up huge, huge, with a bunch of great saves. And if it wasn't for the keeper... 
I think El Salvador would have been dead and buried before the halftime whistle was blown. But as of right now, as we take a look at the octagon table, Canada right now, as they're right now at halftime with 10 matches already played, and this is their 11th, they have 22 points. The United States with their win over Honduras, one point. So Canada with 22, United States with 21. Mexico, they have not played yet. So at the moment, they're still uh, behind U.S. in third place with 18 points. Panama, <coughs> excuse me, in the playoff spot, fourth place, 17 points. Costa Rica on the outside looking in with their victory, with their one goal victory, earning the three points. They are now in fifth with 16 points. El Salvador still in seventh with nine. Jamaica eliminated with seven. Honduras eliminated with three. There are still room, still time for Costa Rica to make some noise. There's still time for Costa Rica to go out and make an upset special, if they can. And it depends on what happens with Mexico, Panama, especially that match, which will start at 10 o'clock tonight. And as of right now, the time is 9.52, so in eight minutes, that match will begin between Mexico as they host Panama over at the Estadio Azteca. But right now, it's going to be an interesting situation moving forward. Here is the schedule for the final three games, or the final three match days. That will begin very, very soon, at least at the back end of March. On Thursday, March 24th, Costa Rica will host Canada. Panama will host Honduras. Jamaica will host El Salvador, so you can scratch that match off your list. Mexico versus USA. Sunday, March 27th. Canada versus Jamaica home at home. That might be the clincher. You never know. Honduras hosting Mexico. El Salvador hosting Costa Rica. And the United States down in Orlando hosting Panama. And then the final match day for Wednesday, March the 30th. Panama will be hosting Canada, Jamaica hosting Honduras, Mexico hosting El Salvador, and Costa Rica hosting the United States once again in downtown San Jose for the National Stadium, and we'll see what happens moving forward there. So there is still plenty of time even though the gap and the qualification 
has closed in. We still have a match and a half ready to go to finish up on this particular match day, match day 11 in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. And what we have seen so far has been nothing short but fantastic. And all you can really say is that it's been a hell of a ride. It's been exciting. It's been There's been a lot of heartache. But once again, it's a situation where for this USA team, there's been some ups, there's been some downs, there's been some questionable calls, there have been some questionable starting 11 decisions. And once again, Greg Berhalter at times has made questionable decisions. We'll get to some of those decisions in a moment, but once again, let's just recap the timeline for what happened in this one. And once again, the kickoff started beautifully, no problems. Eighth minute, Weston McKinney scores the opening goal from a great free kick delivery by Costa. That's in the eighth minute, 1-0 USA. And then the 36th minute, 200 players are getting booked for a yellow card. One was to Mejia. The other one was to Kwaye. One fouled a USA player hard. The other one for basically too much argument, too much arguments with the referee. And that was Mejia. And then in the 37th minute, another fantastic free kick from Kellen Acosta as he found Walker Zerman inside the area, found a way to shake off his defender. He did a turnaround shot and buried it past the goalkeeper, and that made it two goals to nil for the United States in the 37th minute. And then, of course, the halftime whistle blew. At the beginning of the second half, Honduras makes three big substitutions in the 46th minute. First, Brian Rochez subs in for Diego Rodriguez. Anthony Lozano subs in for Romel Kyoto. And then substitution for the goalkeeper position, Edric Menjivar subs in for Luis Lopez. And then Honduras makes another sub for their fourth out of the five as Devron Garcia subs in for Kevin Lopez. And then in the 65th minute, Christian Pulisic, enters the match as he did not start goes in and takes out Jordan Morris and then two minutes later Pulisic buries that ball from the corner the near side corner that was delivered by Acosta off the head of Pepe who deflected it across the area it does deflect off Zimmerman and then Pulisic didn't have to move much all he had to do was just bury the ball in the back of the net And then the USA subs started to continue on. 76th minute, Brendan Aronson comes in for Tim Weah. Jesus Ferreira comes in for Ricardo Pepe. And the fourth sub out of five, Christian Roldan subs in for Weston McKinney in the 84th minute. And then that was the end of that. Uh, 
after two, well, barely any stoppage time, even though it probably says here uh, two minutes of stoppage time, but the truth is there's barely any stoppage time, and it looks like it was ready to end, and it did. Uh, full-time whistleblown, the United States defeating Honduras by a final of three goals to nil, and that would be the end of that. So for CONCACAF in World Cup qualifying, that would be the end of it. And as of right now, the United States are a point behind Canada at the moment. Canada still has 45 minutes to pull out some big goals in a scoreless tie at the moment through the opening 45 minutes. They still have another 45 minutes to go, and we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen there. But once again, this is a huge moment for the United States to qualify for the World Cup. And everything right now, everything is looking pretty darn good so far. But once again, it's about what's going to happen in the next match. Will something negative happen in the next match against Mexico? Because right now, the last three games at the Azteca, a victory in a friendly, a draw in World Cup qualifying for a scoreless draw, and then the next round of World Cup qualifying, a 1-1 draw down at the Azteca. So as of right now, the insults are still flying. The insults are still going on. The question mark is this. Will Mexico find a way to avoid losing a fourth straight match in official competition to the United States? Nations League final? Gold Cup final, a World Cup qualifier in Cincinnati against the U.S. Will there be another result against Mexico at the Azteca? That, my friends, is the biggest question right now. That's the hugest question right now that Mexico needs to answer. And everything will be done. Everything will be done on that Thursday in March, late March. It should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, For those who are curious about Canada down in El Salvador, here is what has happened so far outside of the saves and some of the play on the pitch. We have some yellow cards here. Two to El Salvador, one to Canada. Dominguez in the 18th minute for El Salvador got booked. Donnell Henry gets booked for Canada in the 29th minute. And then the 36th minute, Alex Rodon, Christian Rodon's brother Alex Rodon, was booked as well in the 36th. Uh, So once again, it's scoreless between El Salvador and Canada at the Estadio Cruz Castellan. And it should be exciting, and uh, we should have an exciting second half happening here, folks. It should be an exciting second half, and we'll have to wait and see. Of course, check 
your Paramount Plus app for the match. As it looks like they're about to get ready for kickoff in the second half here at the Estadio Custalán, Canada in all red, El Salvador in the blue tops, blue socks, and black shorts. Referee's getting ready to blow his whistle in this one. And as he waits for the players to be ready, now he blows his whistle and off they go. Second half at the Estadio Cruz Castellan. Canada now defending the left side as they go from left to right on your phones, on your web-enabled devices. And once again, no Alfonso Davies due to the heart issue that we was having. And Bayern Munich trying to make sure that he remains safe and sound. And hopefully he'll be ready for the March qualifiers when Canada is going to try and qualify for the World Cup for the very first time since 1986. Uh, And once again, no problems with how the U.S. performed. They did a lot better than they have in the last match against Canada, uh, and much better in the last home match against uh, El Salvador. <coughs> but, you know, I, I have to say this. I really have to say this because normally I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be complaining about certain results or at least performances that are equal to results. But the truth is, is that it is bothering me. These results have been bothering me for a bit now since we got back into World Cup qualification during this month of January and February. These months, I should should say, for January and February. But once again, you know, I do want to see Greg Berhalter succeed. I really do. I want to see him succeed. I want to see him go out there and give American fans credit, not so much credit, but confidence. Confidence in him and his style and everything, what he's trying to do. They want a system to be played. They want a certain style. And when you don't have the players that fit that certain style, well, then you need to just throw it away and go what has been working for a long time. You have to adapt with the roster that you have. You have to adapt with the players that you have and go along with what works for said players. A bread and butter, lunch pail type of business. We cannot play like Barcelona. We cannot play like Ajax. We cannot play like Real Madrid. We have to play like the United States. And when you do that, there is the success. 
But once again, once again, if you're going against the grain on this, we're going to lose out. And that cannot happen. It should not happen. If we get, I wouldn't say too technical, but if we get too lost in whatever system we have to play in that's not meant for our players, then we're going to get lost, and then we're going to lose a bunch of games, and then everything's going to go to hell. The players that he's looking to put in out there has to mesh with the system. While the road results have not been great, except for the second half at Honduras, the truth is, It has not looked great at all. And I would like for Greg Berhalter to stop tinkering. I would like for Greg Berhalter to stop acting like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's managed in Sweden, a club side. He's managed the Columbus crew. He's done some great things as a player. He's done some great things as a, you know, as a head coach. But the truth of the matter is this. As a national team head coach, and while, don't get me wrong, it's wonderful to see him within a calendar year get three big results against Mexico in the CONCACAF Nations League final, having that victory and that trophy, the CONCACAF Gold Cup, having that victory in the final and that trophy, and then beating them in Cincinnati at TQL Stadium in World Cup qualifying, I would ne- I'll be honest with you. I never thought I would see in my lifetime, and probably yourselves as well, to see how big of a victory it is to beat your rivals. But once again, the United States of America is supposed to be in power in world soccer in CONCACAF. And... Hopefully, we are seen as a soccer power within the international game all over FIFA. Depending on what happens in Qatar later this year, we'll just have to wait and see. But the truth is, is this. What we need to see is consistency from our head coach. And when he went to the podium in Hamilton, Ontario, to talk to the American soccer writers, and he blatantly looked directly to the camera as he said, the performance was brilliant, the results stunk. Whatever he meant by that, I'm sorry, I don't believe it. None of the pundits believed in what he was saying about that. You don't say something like that and then you stick by it or you mean it. That result and that performance was disgusting. I, I don't care how the possession numbers looked. If you cannot pass the eyeball test, then there's something wrong with you. You are flawed. You are absolutely flawed. 
You are silly. I'll say it. You're dumb. You cannot tell us that was the best performance you've ever seen. If you're going by stats, analytics, oh, we had great possession. That's the best thing we've ever seen. No, that does, that's not how it goes. Greg Berhalter has to understand if he's trying to protect his players from the negativity, you went about the wrong way. And I'm not saying he should not be protecting his players. If he feels that they need to be, that they need to be protected, then he should do so. But at least come out and just admit that it was the worst performance you've ever seen from your players. And that we should not have been scored on like that. I still go back to the time in 2019, the weekend after Labor Day weekend. MetLife Stadium. Greg Berhalter was upset, questioned him about his players and how they played out there. Especially when Mexico's doing one-touch, two-touch passes all over the pitch. And basically turned, <coughs> turned his players' heads around. And I understand. You're trying to get these kids game time. You're trying to get these kids an opportunity to go out Give them an international moment against a rival like Mexico. But if you're going to be doing something like that, I'd rather them play Argentina, England, Germany, Italy. I would rather they play teams like Costa Rica, Honduras, El Salvador, who are probably a little bit better than they are. But they're a good enough opponent to have that challenge happen. They are a good enough opponent to accept the invitation to play a game in the States at MetLife Stadium. If you felt that they were ready to go against your guy, you know, against the, against Mexico. No, no, that's a tall order. This is where you've got to understand until these players are more comfortable taking on a, you know, a great rival like Mexico, then you go ahead and set up the match. Then you contact them and say, would you like to we would like for Mexico to play us again here in the New York, New Jersey area at MetLife Stadium. We would like to play you guys in a friendly place. This is the time. This is the date. This is the day. And if they say no, then they say no for now. Because I know you want to see Mexico take on the United States every opportunity they get and prove to this confederation that you are still the Giants even though you're not anymore it's now a three team it's now a three team horse race Mexico, USA, Canada and once again 
once again. Now that we are seeing Canada coming up big, now this, this confederation, along with a strong Central American side, you're seeing Curacao becoming a strong side. Jamaica, they're hot and cold. Trinidad and Tobago, they're basically off the reservation. St. Kitaneves, looking pretty good. Grenada, looking pretty good. Puerto Rico, looking pretty good. Dominican Republic, looking good. Now this Caribbean zone is starting to act dangerous. But once again, once again, the point is is this. If we don't have a healthy Jamaica or, a, or if we don't have a healthy Trinidad, the Caribbean zone is probably going to be the worst zone within this confederation of CONCACAF. And that has to be fixed and that has to change. But once again, you get to the final round, and then you just cannot improve yourself and move forward. And that's the shame of it. But there's still time, and there's still a way for the next cycle. The Under-20 World Cups and the Olympic qualification all at the same time. So let's see what happens. And now I have a pet peeve. And this is again on Greg Berhalter. And you never ever see this in a soccer game or in a football match. Now, the United States are leading 3-0. It's late in the second half. And you have to worry about basically, in my opinion, what you need to do for the next situation that's coming. Is there another substitution you have to make? You have to make more you know, game plan ideas. Now, I understand that there was a stoppage of play because of an injury on the Honduran side of things. I understand. But what you never see, the great minds of international soccer, Pep Guardiola never does this. Jurgen Klopp never does this. Sir Alex Ferguson never does this. Mancini never does this. Antonio Conte never does this. Jose Mourinho never does this. Bruce Arena, Jurgen Klinsmann, Bob Bradley, when they were running the national team, they would never do this. Greg Berhalter did. During the stoppage of play, down at Allianz Field, Greg Berhalter leaves his technical area 
goes to the stands and he allows a fan to take his picture. Or he is, or he is allowing them to take his picture while the match is still going on. Play has not re- restarted. They're checking out, Honduras is checking out an injured goalkeeper or an injured player. And Greg Berhalter arrogantly decides, I'm going to break away from the, my technical area and I'll go take the picture with the fan. Couldn't you have waited till the end of the match to take that picture with the fan? Couldn't you have done that, Greg? And then, of course, I say something about it on Twitter. I say something about it on Twitter saying that's wrong. And then here comes a gentleman basically you know, saying to me, the game is in hand, relax. I'm no fan, but the criticism is silly. Excuse me? The criticism is silly? The criticism is silly. Do you see an NFL head coach... During a game, go to the stands and takes a picture with fans. No. Do you see an NHL head coach jump over the glass behind the back end of his bench and take a picture with the fans? No. Do you see the head coach of an NBA team gets up in the middle of a quarter Tells the fan behind him, yeah, you can take my picture. Hang on a second here. Let me say geez. No. Major League Baseball, manager coming out of the dugout to take a picture with the fans? No. If you are going to tell me this should be normalized, you're telling me the game is in hand, relax. I'm no fan, but this criticism is silly. No, you're silly. You're stupid, and it's just plain dumb. You cannot allow yourself to be distracted because a fan wants a photo with you during the game. Once the final whistle blows, go ahead, go to the, go to the seats, go to the fans, and go ahead and take the picture with them once the game is over. When the full-time whistle blows or even the, the halftime whistle blows. Go to the seats, take the picture with the fan, and then walk back into the locker room. Or celebrate the results. During the game, you should not be doing this. And there are people who agree with me. I just don't understand. And then, you know, just because the game is in hand doesn't mean I have to relax. And this is my response. When have you ever seen a soccer head coach during a match take a picture with fans during the game? Not a single one. When play is going on, um, let me just clear this off a second. Uh, When play is going on or if it's been halted due to subs or injury, that is worthy of criticism. You don't do that. And he goes, 
as a kid, I shone a flashlight through my scrotum. Oh, very nice. It's not about what, you're, what you've seen before. In this case, it doesn't matter. In this case, it didn't matter. There are plenty of things to criticize him for. This ain't one. No, this is one. You don't do that during a game. You don't do that during a game. I don't care if it's all in hand. I don't care. Do not care if the game is in hand. I don't care if it was 3-0, 5-0, 7-0, 10-0, 20-0, 30-0. It does not matter. Not during the game. And it's not me being, oh, you're just a Karen. No, it's not about being a Karen. What is the job of a head coach? What does he have to do? Concentrate on the situation at hand. Your thoughts do you have to do to make sure you keep a clean sheet? What are your thoughts about making that last sub? What are your thoughts? What do you have to do? What do you have to try and do? And you know what? If you think of the games in hand, he can do whatever he wants, then you're the bigger idiot and the bigger fool than I thought you were. I'm not going to say the guy's name because I'm not looking for a full fight here. I'm not looking for a fight. I'm not going to waste my time with him. But I will say this. Maybe you should stick some light bulbs on his scrotum just so he know that just so when he was a kid his damn thing will flash all over the place. It is absolutely asinine when a fan like this doesn't give a damn about actually qualifying for the World Cup. Does he not understand what happened four years ago? Does he not understand that there are people who are upset that this national team failed to qualify for the World Cup in Russia? That all of a sudden, a head coach has to distract himself intentionally during the game to take a picture with the fans? Once again... You have to understand you cannot afford to distract yourself in any way, shape, or form in a World Cup qualifier. In a World Cup qualifier. Holier than vow. Holier than vow. Because those are the games that you need to really concentrate on and to fight, and to claw, and to scratch. To the promised land, and that is the World Cup, no matter where it's being staged in the world. It is an absolute disgrace. And I am not standing for it. Not going to stand for it. It is just 
stupid and dumb, and he shouldn't have done that. <clears throat> but we all know, U.S. soccer will never reprimand him for it. U.S. soccer will never, ever reprimand him for it. If it was me, if I was acting as president or at least running U.S. soccer the right way, at the end of the game, I go to the locker room, and before and then after Greg Berhalter gives the congratulations speech, I call him into an office, and I tell him, you will not take a picture with the fans during the game. Whatever you do after the game, after the final whistle is blown, you can do whatever you want with the fans. It's okay. But during the game, I don't care how long the break is because the other side is attending to an injured player. You do not do that type of stuff. It makes me think you don't care. But you know what? The only one who thinks this. There are other there are other USA fans who don't like this. This should not be happening. Should not be happening. And Greg Berhalter should know this. And he should know the circumstances of what happened four years ago and that all of the eyeballs, whether he's deserved the criticism or the scrutiny or not, he should know better than to pull something like that during a game. Once the final whistle blows, do whatever you want. It's fine. Take as many pictures with as many USA fans as you want. It's fine. Not during the game. I don't care how in hand the game was. Other than that, quick update. Canada now leads one goal to nil on El Salvador. And uh, that will be it for me tonight. Thank you for listening to me in this show. Once again, the United States defeats Honduras by a final of three goals to nil. They move another step closer to qualification to the World Cup in Qatar. Join me on Monday for regular Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. And it should be a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to me tonight. I hope you all have a good evening. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now. Have a good night, everybody.